was saying uh, Sunday morning with our group, I was saying that uh, of all the churches, honestly, that I know, I'd rather be here. Man, I love this church. God has blessed this church in so many ways. And I can just say hallelujah, hallelujah. It's just great to be here and, and just, again, be a part of the church. I Again, I was, when I was talking to Pastor Bill several years ago about coming here, I was actually another church from staff. And uh, he had said the expression, you know, that when people come here, he wants them to be assigned here. God assigns people. And I believe that's for each one of us here. So, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. 1 John chapter 2, verses 27. As you turn to that, several months ago, I reread a book by Dr. R.T. Kendall. And the name of the book was Sensitivity to the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to preach that book to you, okay? I'm not going to go there. But he, he, shared with, he shares about how sensitive the Holy Spirit is and how we need to follow his leadership. And, and he, put, he shared a couple of scriptures, and that's where I, it just burdened me. I thought, oh, my goodness, Lord are we really following your Holy Spirit? Are we following you in the way we need to go? So tonight as I share, I think as I share this, I want to say this is just a word of caution for all of us, beginning with me. I'm not saying y'all did this, you bunch of rascals, you. I don't do that anyhow. And if I did, the Lord would just, I would be quenching the Spirit to ever do something like that. But the Holy Spirit is sensitive, and he wants to lead us in ways that just are amazing. So we are anointed. Say this with me. I am anointed. I am anointed. And when we uh, sing the song, uh, God is so good in that song, it says that, talks about our anointing. Here it says in 1 John 2, 27, But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you but as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it's been taught you, abide in him. Say it again. I am anointed. I am anointed. Father, it's by your hand and by your grace that we sang about that you have anointed us, Lord. You've separated us to do things that you want done to glorify your name. So, Father, let us again reclaim that anointing, Lord, and exercise that anointing for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. As Christians, we have spiritual tasks to do, don't we? It's not just doing anything, but we have spiritual tasks as Christians. And for the spiritual tasks we have before us, we need spiritual power. Now, where is that power? The Holy Spirit. So, as we have the Holy Spirit, each Christian has the Holy Spirit, and, you know, I wish more and more and more people would experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's just, wow, the power of that, the, the greatness of that. And I think I share my testimony about that. But the anointing means that we have God's special presence in our life. And with that presence, he gives us power. We become more God conscious. And we have, again, the power to serve. So if we're anointed, it literally means we're set aside for a specific purpose. So we are anointed, and that's who we are. But we can have this anointing and without knowing it, and this is important. We can have this anointing, but we can actually quench it. 
we can quench that anointing without really even realizing it at the time. It's really, it's, it's, it's painless. We don't even know it. But this anointing can be lifted. We don't lose the anointing, but it can be lifted from us, up from us. And I want to share some, some examples even in my life about that. I want to share two biblical examples where God's, well, you remember Martha, I mean, uh, Joseph and Mary, that they came back to Jerusalem and Jesus was with them. He was in the temple teaching and all this as a 12-year-old. And, um, and then after that was over, they took off. Well, they got a day's journey up the road. They say, oh, where's our son? Where's Jesus? And I would say to them, you know, you left God behind, didn't you? And they didn't realize that. But they left Jesus behind, went back, looked for him for three days, and then they finally found him. And I thought, wow, have I, I would never do something like that as a parent. I would never do something like that. But you know what? Sometimes we can do that with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing something, and we, we can just move out of his way as he's working. And we don't even realize it. They didn't even realize it. We can go ahead of the Spirit. Um, I have preached so many sermons. Well, I shouldn't say so many, but a number that I don't even like to admit. I'm preaching. I mean, I'm giving it everything I can, and I'm telling you, I'm doing the, the quote Scripture, reading the Scripture, and I'm putting in those practices I learned and those homiletics learn how to preach classes. And I mean, I was doing this just like they told me, but I tell you, I was dry as a bone. And people would even say, that was good. Yeah, right. You see, I was working without the Holy Spirit's anointing. I've done that. I've been there. Probably every minister has. Probably many of y'all have as well. But... You know, based on the training that I had or whatever, and, and things I was even passionate about, things I loved doing, I went ahead of the Holy Spirit without his leadership. And that dog ain't going to hunt, all right? It's not good. So this is what they did. They went without Jesus. So I want you to ask you, have you ever done something without God's approval? And you did it in his name. You did it for his glory. But guess what? He didn't lead you that way. Uh, and I can say, I, I just don't want to admit the examples that I've done. But I, I, I've been in a church where that happened. I was passionate about what was going on in that church, and I knew that that's where God was leading me to do something, what they said that they were going to do. And the bottom fell out. And I thought, Lord, I didn't listen to you. And you know, I thank God for a wise wife that I have because she indicated to me at the first, is God directing you to get Jakey? Are you doing this? I thought, you know, I'm the head of this household. I know I'm a, I'm a minister. I know that. I feel this is what we should do. It went three months later. I thought, oh, my soul, I've made a mistake. I left Jesus behind. I did what I was passionate about. So, has anybody ever done that? No? Okay, I'm the only one. No, I'm just teasing. So. And I wasn't aware until, you know, a few months into that I thought, this is awful. This is awful. 
But there's another scripture, I think one of the saddest scriptures in the whole Bible. Samson. In Judges chapter 16, verse 20. This tells us, you know, how what happened here. Samson did all these amazing feats. And all these feats that he did, as you know, because the, the Spirit of God was upon him and led him and helped him to do those things, right? That's how he got his power. It was God's leadership. It was God's empowering him to do God's work. All these mighty feats of strength. And then enter stage left or stage right in Delilah. And you know the story. All this, all this. And you know, tell me the secret of your strength. Always says, you know, what you can do is just get these nice uh, bow strings and it tie me real tight and they haven't used it. Then I'll be, I'll be, I'll lose my strength. Well, I'll be like any other man. Didn't work. Oh, Samson, come on, dude. I wonder what kind of smile she put on him. Tell me the secret of your strength. Well, okay, get some, get some ropes and do the same thing. But he snapped those things, as you know. Well, Samson, come on, wise up. You know the power that you did all these things with. Why don't you use that in your head? You know. But, you know, they did the seven bra- of the braids of his hair, and that didn't work. And finally they said, well, if they shaved my head, he lost his strength. You know the story. And then it tells us, um, very sad, so sad, it tells us in that particular scripture, it says, he did not even know the strength had left him. He didn't realize it. He was doing his thing, and he did not realize that the strength had left him. And I thought, oh, mercy. Again, his guilty was because God's spirit was upon him, but he fell. He fell from that because of his pride, because of his lust, because of his disobedience. Did it happen all at once? Again, happening. Some of his disobedience, some of his selfish desires and so forth. He thought he could do the same thing as always, but suddenly he was surprised. And you know the rest of the story. How they, you know, gouged his eyes out, and then how they mocked him and did all this. He was out entertaining them as they were mocking him. And he said, Lord, let me avenge these. So, of course, his hair had grown out. And, you know, he, because of this, he did that final amazing feat. And he, it says that more people died during that particular incident than all the people he killed before. Wow. But he avenged that. But see, it cost him something, didn't he? When we leave what God wants us to do and go our own way, it's going to always cost us something. And sometimes we don't even realize it. So it cost him several things. It cost him some missed victories. It, it severed his relationship with God. And it, it cost him his life, didn't it? Let me ask you, is it really worth leaving God behind and going our way? It's really not worth it. It's not worth the cost. But that's what Samson did, and he didn't even know the strength had left him. What a sad uh, thing. So does this happen today? When we look at our Christian lives as just, you know, kind of business as usual, and we, we settle for the good instead of the best, and especially, you know, on our own abilities. Do you know some really, really, really good speakers? I mean, the power. I mean, they, you can listen to them all day long, and I mean, you're just moved inside, and it's great. 
that they don't have the anointing of the Spirit of God upon them. And I think we can tell the difference if we're sensitive to God's Spirit. I've honestly, I've, I've gone to some conferences. I couldn't wait to see brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, and they get up and I'm thinking, seriously? All the facts that they said were great, and they're very biblical. But I felt nothing during those times. I thought, I guess I'm a heathen. I'm a, I guess I'm an outsider here. I guess I am just, Lord, is there some grave sin that I haven't confessed? But as some of them murmuring and going around, they said, what happened to her? A lot of facts, but no anointing. I do not want to do anything for God without his presence being with me. But how do we, we, just, we can just gradually get by that and we, we, just, we just miss it. You know, people have wisdom, people have expertise, you know, they're scholastic. And, but I, people need to realize, and I need to, well, I'm not scholastic. I'm just saying the learning that we have in wisdom, this comes from God. And if he does give us these things, we're to use these things for him under his power. You and I, we are anointed. And we can do great things that we never thought we would ever do. I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm serious. I'm, this little boy from Liberty, Kentucky, 1600, I knew every member, every, every person, their first cousin, their 13th cousin removed, and some of the dogs and cats. A little town like that, Casey County, as my understanding, was probably the poorest county in the whole state of Kentucky, and that's where I was from. I thought, Lord, can you use me? Seriously? just amazes me. But I knew this, and he, this is what he really shared with me. I, I, in my spirit, he said, I will use you if you listen to me. It's not Jakey. It's not anybody. I know Pastor Bill would say, and thank God for what his stewardship of his mind and all that he's done. But it's God, isn't it, Pastor Bill? It's God. And we need to be open to his leadership in our lives. Sometimes we can see that things are going well, and we don't even recognize just because something's going well, it's not of God. I've seen that so many ministers and so many ministries have failed simply because they went on with their great ministry, their great ability to speak and so forth, and these wonderful programs, but they fail. They fail because God wasn't in it. I remember I used to go to conferences when I was a pastor to oh, this is working great in this church, so if you go get it and, you know, spend hours doing that and try to implement it in the church. Lead balloon. It was a good program. It was great. It was a great ministry. But it was not of God for this church. You see, ministers, pastors can be fooled because they want so much for something to happen, and they won't listen to God, and they'll listen to a program or some success story. What happens, and this is the point I want to make, it's very important. I want us to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that we will know when we've gone our way instead of God's way. And little by little by little, we can get off the path. I'll tell you a testimony of a person, a good Christian man. Several years ago he said to me, you know, I have weaknesses and all this, and I really have these burdens, and that and, and, you know, there's one thing, there's one thing that God has given me power over, and I won't, I won't have any, I just can't see how people get into this and have issues with it. It's pornography. Guess what he told me a little over a year later? 
He says, I can't stop it. You see, did that happen overnight? When he spoke that out, now the devil said, I'll get you, Bubba. I'll get you. So little by little, this lust or that lust, and this and that, little by little. Addictions don't come, generally, no, all at once. Along the way, when we have some distractions from us in our lives, from doing God's work, just a little one, just a little one, guess what? We need to get right back on track. Maybe our priorities aren't right. And I, I do believe that God has given us what I would call some kairos moments. Y'all know what kairos is, the prison ministry. But the Greek word kairos means those special times. The word means time. But those special times that God has appointed for us to do certain things. You know, do something there. It's a specially appointed opportunity to do God's will. And I'm going to be honest with you. God has given me this and this and this and this. And I thought, okay, I'll do that later. I've lost the moment. Because I was too busy doing what Jakey wanted to do. God, it's like God was saying, I've anointed you for this particular task. You need to do it. And there is at least one person in hell because of my disobedience. I was following my emotions. And I was following my fears. And I said, I, I witnessed to her, to her this at a later point. Two days later, well, I think it's two weeks later, it snowed up in there, Kentucky. She tripped and fell into the snow and died. Pneumonia. She is in hell because of, not just because, it's her choice why she's in hell. But I could have made a difference in her life because I was not following the anointing. I was following my feelings and my fears. Do you see, little by little, these things can happen. The word gradualism gradualism. That's how we lose it. You see, that's what happens to people. They, they, we, we don't realize that just a little thing. Okay, let me say, for instance, um, by the way, the past, I've been testing this guy right here. I've been looking at myself and I'm thinking, I'm going to watch every little thought I have and action I have this week and see, is that bothering the anointing of my life? Well, I was very conscious that I was a lot, a lot better, a lot better. Was that perfect? Fur from it. You see, little things like, and I, I know that uh, the people driving in traffic, I, I know y'all never get upset about that. I know that. I just wish everybody drove as well as me, right? So, oh, why did he do that? Lord help him. No, Lord, help me. You see, I let that go. I have a right to be mad at him, don't I? Pastor, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> when you tell me about your instances a few days ago, mercy's sakes. I, it's okay to get angry with some people, right? That kills the anointing. Well, let's say uh, lust. Well, I, I'm not going to just stare at somebody and just go, you know, and get all like that, but just a, oh, just, just a small little lust. Go on. Well, over here, lust. Little by little, if we let that thing go, guess what's going to happen? We, gradualism, we're going to, 
the anointing is going to be lifted from us. I believe that disobedience is the key thing that lifts the anointing from us. Does that mean we'll never have the anointing again? No. But we have the anointing, and we need, we need to hang on to it like it's a, for dear life. I have come to places uh, in my life, and I thought, how did I get so far from God? How did I get so far from God? Well, I thought a year ago I was, I'd be, man, I'd be all over this thing, but I don't, I'm not now. I got too busy. I got a lot of work to do, don't y'all? And don't get really concentrated on that stuff. God will give you time later. Why do we lose the anointing that we need? We don't take time to pray. We, 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 we're disobedient and we just need to give you full priority. We do things on our own energies and abilities and strengths and so on. And you see, when we begin losing that anointing, the powerful anointing, we do not realize it at the time, do we? Okay, I did this. I'm angry here. I lusted here. I got had some pride about this because I'm real good at this over here, you know. I'm moving a little bit further away from it. But it, just little by little, I'll be okay. I'll get back. And guess what? We lose that closeness with God. And what a terrible place to be. The best place in the world to be and in life to be is in the center of God's will. And we lose that. And we little by little allow things to happen. You see, your secret sins and my secret sins, nobody knows about them but us, do, do they? God knows. And God knows that this distracts us from him. So I just encourage you to be... Be, to be aware every minute that God's anointing is upon you and me and that we do something and it, it hurts the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this. It says we, we can grieve the Spirit. It says that we can uh, uh, quench the Spirit. Now, the word grieve, it, it, it's a word which means we give him pain. We cause pain to the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, I'm trying to think who I've known here longest. John, I guess you and Phyllis probably have known longer than anybody here tonight. As I look back, I'm thinking, even if you know, I know your faults and you know my faults, I'm not just teasing, but we know each other well enough, but I would not, if we had a disagreement, do I have a right <clears throat> to hurt you? I don't have a right to do that. If we disagree on everything, I don't have a right to hurt you. And I wouldn't. Phyllis, you know I love you. And I... <laughs> but I, uh, I'm not going to go there. But I, I heard a... I think I've hurt some people because of some ignorance of my own and cowardice of my own. I wouldn't do that to anybody. I wouldn't hurt you on purpose for anything. I wouldn't hurt Kathy for anything. So why would I do something to hurt the Holy Spirit? Why would I do that? Well, I'm just going to... It's going to get... I have a right to be mad at so-and-so because they treat me... Really? I'm quenching the Spirit or grieving the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to be Himself, and He wants to do what he can do in us. He wants to manifest his personality through us so we can become more Christ-like. That's what the anointing is. 
that power and presence in us. But when we grieve him for whatever reasons, for whatever reasons, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I believe, and it's just, God has shown me this uh, over the past few weeks or months. I think husbands and wives hurt each other a lot more than they realize. I'm saying, y'all, I don't know. I have not a clue. And when I hurt my wife because I want my way, do you know what? That can quench the Spirit of God. And it bothers me that, that you see, we're, we're so used to each other. Do you know my faults? And you accept my faults, really? Not really. But you, you, know, you know I do this. You know I snore. You know I do this or I do that. And uh, You know me really well. So what I do is okay. And then you may say, no, I resent it. I resent it. I wish more couples, more husbands or wives, would be honest to God and one another. I really do. It, it may, it may uh, take some pain in the process. You know, I don't think you're going to get a black eye or a knot on the head. There's going to be some issues need to come to surface, don't they? And I think that many marriages, and I, I don't know who, I have not a clue, are, is quenching the Spirit of God. Or grieves the Spirit of God. But tough to quenching the Spirit. To quench the Spirit means you literally put out a fire. You see, the, the, the Holy Spirit in our lives moves in supernatural ways, in great ways, and, and the Holy Spirit is fire. But yet we can, when we quench Him, it means putting out the fire. We're hindering Him from doing what He wants to do through us. Say it with me. I am what? I am anointed. We are anointed. We have that power in us. Oh, and I was... Beginning with me, if I could just be aware of every, anything and everything that would quench the Spirit or, 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 or grieve the Spirit, wow, couldn't we be so much more powerful with the anointing that we have? So if we have quenched the Spirit or grieved the Spirit, or we, we're, we're kind of, if we need to be right here in the anointing, and we're way over here, how did we get over there? away from the Holy Spirit, away from the anointing, little by little by little. And I will say this, and I'm a, something R.T. Kendall said. He said, the Holy Spirit is so very sensitive. And we hurt, he's pers- he's a, we hurt him. And when we hurt him, we can't be all that God wants us to be. So is there anything in your life or my life or actions or thoughts that calls that anointing to be come to a stop. When Martha or Mary and Joseph, when they saw that they didn't have Jesus with them, they left him behind. You know what they did? They went back to where they left him. Good thing. So it, we need to think. When, when, when did this start? Where did it start? And I want to tell you, this is what happened to me. I just I thought, what, what, what's the anointing? What, where is it? Why, why do I not have the power of God right now? I'm doing what I'm doing for God. Where did it happen? A month ago, I was still feeling this cruddy way. 
two months ago, five months ago. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. I remember that so-and-so embarrassed me so totally in front of people and ridiculed me. Well, I'm not talking about my job. I'm talking about somebody in the church. Really put my face before them and made me look like trash. Where did I go wrong? So I went back there to that place, and I got on my knees before God and faced, and I said, God, forgive me. I confess, God, please restore the anointing in me. Immediately I began feeling an, uh, a lighter and, and free from that terrible prison of what was a type of resentment. But did I have all that power all of a sudden, all of the back? No. I had to really pray through that one. You see, go back to where you think that you may have lost that anointing. We're not lost at where it was lifted from you. When did it start? Where did it start? What caused it? And then when we find that, confess it to God. And then recommit ourselves to Him. And I'm going to tell you something this church does, and I'm going to tell you, it says a lot of negative stuff. We are praying church, hallelujah. We're a praying church. And when you pray, you're close to God. And when you're close to God and you're praying and He answers prayer, guess what? The anointing is there. Praise God for that anointing. Somebody said, you can't really be mad at somebody and pray for them at the same time. I thought, I can. I did. Really? You know, the heavens like brass. So, Dominique, I love you. (laughs) But use this man I love. And I do pray for Dominique very, very, very much. But if I got mad at you and I prayed for you, I don't believe God's really going to recognize that prayer as being anything authentic. So you see, whatever's standing in their way, we let's just get rid of it. I would delve into the Word. I would learn to know the ways of God. How do you learn to the ways of God, the, the Word of God? Examples and all that stuff. Listen to God's voice. Be sensitive to His ways. Wait on Him. Say it with me. I am anointed. As I close, I want to say to ask you to do this. Would you please be, maybe make it a, a project this week. The rest of the week and say, I'm going to watch everything that I think. Everything? Yeah, everything. That I think or do. Is this glorifying God, or is this a start to just a little bit at a time losing the anointing? You know, Brother Steve, when you spoke the other night, I stopped my method of the way I was doing Bible, my devotions in the morning, and you went the project that you told us to go there, our Bible and the scripture that we marked, just to go through those. Oh, my I have, oh, I ooh, felt the presence of God. So I'm going through all the New Testament and those passages, and I'm writing them down that, I, that, I, um, that I've marked over the, over the years. And I felt such an anointing. So thank you for that. So let me ask you, be all you can be for Jesus. And you are a lot for Jesus. Remember, you are anointed. 
And because you're anointed, the devil knows you're anointed and he's going to tempt you to get off the track. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But you know, it's like a, you have two, two parallel lines. No, they're perfect. But if one is off just a little bit, just, just, just a little, 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 little bit, just a very small degree, the further it goes, the further it gets out of being parallel, right? So little by little, we can get away from God. You are anointed. I am anointed. We have a purpose for God. We've been set aside. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, and we have work to do for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the anointing that you've given us. And Father, I commit myself to be as conscious as I possibly can about recognizing things that would just lift that anointing, even in the smallest little way. Father, help us to do that. Because, Father, we are set aside. We're set apart to do your will. Thank you for the anointing. What grace you have for us. And, Lord, your love endures forever. And, Father, you're willing to take us and put us right back on the track. So thank you, Father, for what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. In Jesus' name.